When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Taught us how to love. They taught us how to live. And now they're back. That's right, we are back with another episode. And in this one, Ryan and I discuss 15 top hair metal ballads. Yes, our hair metal heroes did have a softer side, and when they showed it, sometimes it equaled big bucks check it out all right ryan welcome to the 80s glam metal cast how you doing buddy i'm doing well thanks mike awesome man awesome to have you here we're gonna have a good one i can't believe it's taken this long uh to do something like this on the show but it's gonna be all about the hair metal power ballads <laughs> long time coming <laughs> you know and if you as you know if you wanted to be a platinum band if you wanted to cross over with all the little heavy metal boys and girls uh, and you wanted them to buy your album, you had to have a power ballad. And it was uh, it would be recommended that you release this single probably like second or third in your run of singles, right? Is that the way it would work? That's the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Uh, I, you know, I'm not afraid to admit it. I love a good ballad. You know, yeah. this is... My my list is is pure sappy, you know. Mm-hmm. I effect, I effectively neutered this list and altered it with just pure sap. So you know, a lot of this though, I, I realized in listening to all these again, I was going, if you took out like the raspy Joe Elliott or the Steelheart or all you know these these male vocals out of the equation, you and, and you know like the the massive male presence of the chorus and replaced it with like a like a Rihanna or like. Christina Aguilera or something, and like remove massive drums, it'd probably be like a number one pop song. Yeah, it's like, so, I mean, it's it's crazy. But you know, some of these were number ones, and some of these were the the band's only number one. But uh, you know, I got Bon Scott rolling in his grave listening to his his number one ACDC supporter preaching a good ballad. But that's okay because <laughs> they had. The one ballad I shared with you. Oh, yes, that was <laughs> love song from nineteen seventy four or five and god was it terrible thank god they stopped that <laughs> that was rough and you know i think with my list what i've noticed is that it's kind of like a mixed bag you know i think i got some more of rare stuff but then i've got a ton of the heavy hitters and i think what happens is you probably can attest to this is that some of these songs like there's you've heard them so many times and they're so overplayed they like you want to take them off the list but then you realize oh, yeah. like if you try to go back to like when you first heard it, it's so good and it, it was so important for the genre. So some of those ones were like, maybe I'm completely tired of them, but I've got them on the list because they're just, they are great. They, you know, they were big hits for a reason. So yeah, that's a, it's a mixed bag on mine. Yeah, totally. I got some kind of odd ones and some number ones in there. So it's cool. I think it's going to be an interesting list. Awesome. Well, let's get right into it, man. Number 15. Could this be? 
Okay, number 15, I'm kicking it off with a band called Signal. Could this be love from 1989? And that is Mark Free from Ooh. King Cobra and Unruly Child singing. So um, I feel like Mark Free and Eric Martin were like both put on this earth to sing ballads and, <laughs> and like crank, <laughs> crank out your occasional hard rock song. But uh, And actually, Eric Martin is featured on this album in a different song as a duet during the chorus. So they were kind of made for each other. But um, this album is just AOR gold all the way. And um, he kind of leveled up with each new band from King Cobra to Signal to Unruly Child. But this is just like the... Uh, is very soft 80s synth type uh aor ballad but um it's just a great way to kick it off with some kind of aor gold out there but yeah signal if nobody's heard of that it's a really cool album wow i have not heard of signal but i've heard of mark free and unruly child and king cobra so uh yeah that's cool man good i'm gonna have to check that one out but i always feel like that you know that is one of your go-to ones the mark free and the unruly child so well played Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it's a great album altogether, so highly, highly suggested. Well, I went for a little rare one myself from the same year, 1989. And my number 15. Is feel dreams are not enough uh, off the larger than live album. Uh, anytime I get oh. a chance to talk about larger than live, I'm going to talk about it. I love that album. It's uh, half uh, the first. Uh, the first side is actually all studio stuff, and then the second side is all um, uh, live stuff. So I thought the studio stuff was great. It just didn't do anything. There, there was really no promotion or anything for this album. But crazy enough. If you go online and you look up the video for Dreams Are Not Enough, there is a video. It never got played on MTV, but there was a video. And it is probably one of the worst videos that I've ever seen in my life. So I really <laughs> encourage you to go check it out because it's really, really, really bad. I even thought Ron Keel would, would, would fast that this is a pretty bad video. But it's a great song. A lot of great piano. At this, at this point, they had a, a keyboardist, and it was Scott Warren. So he was the guy... Kind of in the corner for warrant, like like off stage oh, okay. keyboard. Okay, I knew that. And then and then Dio and uh, all that kind of and Black Sabbath and all that kind of stuff. Okay, but yeah, he got his start in Keel. So yeah, but it's a great tune. It's catchy. Should have been a hit, but uh, it just this album didn't get any promotion. Keel's got a lot of cool ballads, um, but you know, it is what it is. Keel just never uh, kind of could pull it off with a with a big hit with a ballad. But this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I look forward to watching that video. It's a cool song. <laughs> All right, number 14. All right, I got Valentine, Tears in the Night from 1990. Ooh. So, yeah, this is a real good one. This is the Hugo. Hugo is the, the single-named singer of this band. Mr. One Name Only, Mr. Should Have Replaced Steve Perry and Journey. Uh, do you know these guys at all? Yes, totally know Valentine. I sometimes get Valentine and Juliet mixed up, but yeah, no, I know Valentine. Yes. Yeah, dude, they're they're that's a great album too. But uh, this is just the this, this great debut full of melodic rock jams and this ballad really it stands out due to like the the ripping guitar tones coming in and at like the perfect moments. Um, there's a really cool chorus teaser and it kind of like a. A slide up the fretboard towards the end 
it's very uh invasion of your privacy-esque guitar tones so that really stood out to me on this entire album and especially this song it really beefs it up a bit um got a great voice right but classy metal a lot like house of lords um and then this band changed their name a couple of years later to open skies for some weird reason but a uh, really cool band really cool singer he's got a lot of solo albums and he looks like and sounds like exactly steve perry of journey wow I'm going to have to check this one out again. I've definitely listened to the album, uh, Valentine, but I just don't remember the power ballad. So I'm going to go back and check it out. And one thing. Yeah, check it out. I did not mention in the beginning, which which I'm going to mention now, is that yeah. we have been cooking this list up for a couple weeks now. And there's so many songs that we're going to do a part two. So I know that would probably excite a lot of people. So there will be a, a follow-up episode. So, all right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had at least 30. Yeah, me too. Okay. Number 14, you you always have your moments where you want to mention Sammy Hagar or Mark Free or Kelly Hansen. Yeah. I always have yeah. my moment where I have to mention Mike Vissera, so I figure let's get it out oh, of the yeah. way. Uh, Mike has done a lot of cool battles between Loudness and Ingve, but I'm going to go with the one that's on Soldier of Fortune, another album that gets mentioned all the time. And it's lost without your love. It's so good, man. It's so good. I love this song. It's um, there's a couple cool things that I want to mention about it. It's it's kind of like mystical sounding. I think like they do like some weird things with the guitar. It's just it's kind of got like a cool strange vibe. And the vocal melodies are just spot on. And the chorus harmonies are really high. You know, uh, Vissera's doing what he does best, singing in that high register. So wicked yeah. great song. Obviously, a big fail, never released, um, and that's what I, I think. What I'm looking at, like the bottom of my list, I'm going to say probably the the bottom four were never released. Foolishly, bad move, record companies. You could have had some big hits on yeah. your own. but this would this had potential. I don't know if it would have been huge, but it had some potential. But uh, Loudness only got the one single on this on totally. Soldier Fortunes, and th- and this one it. So that's all I got. All right, that's a good one. I'm going to actually revisit it because I, I obviously love that. <laughs> 13. 13, a band that I kicked myself for forgetting about during our 92 episode, so I got to bring them up here. Masquerade, and the song is Sudden Love Affair, and this is a fantastic album from sweden uh there's two great ballads on the album this one edge the other one called all night all day slightly in my opinion really cool whispery vocals followed by some real kind of deep stuff after uh cool effects throughout the entire song uh the pre-chorus is is almost stronger than the actual chorus it's like a few of these i i noticed the theme you could almost have thrown in the towel after some of these really strong pre-choruses and called it the chorus and then they they kicked it up a notch and uh and this is one of those where you know they, they could have settled for the pre-chorus being the being the chorus but they didn't and uh i really love this album and um i would say that it's it's one of those 92 masterpieces that fell on deaf ears but uh yeah mm-hmm. check it out sudden love affair 
Nice. I Man, you're hitting me with some ones I have not heard, so I got some homework to do later. Uh, I'm going to go get a box of tissues and listen to all these. <laughs> all right. You got to listen to this whole album, though, just like Signal. It's going to... The whole album might be bringing a tear to your eye because you never heard it before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 13. This is a, a late edition, just added today. Kind of forgot about it. Oh. And um, by uh, so, like by listening to uh, the, the most recent podcast that I just put out, uh, this album is mentioned, and it's Vinnie Vincent Invasion, All Systems Go. Oh, yeah. And I got to mention the ballad, man, Ecstasy. Great tune. It, it's almost. It almost sounds like it could be a '70s type of a song. It's just. It's. It's got a little bit of an oddball vibe to it. You know, it's definitely not "Fly yeah. to the Angels" or anything like that. It's. It's a little bit of a an odd tune, but uh, it's cool and it's just. It's just. You know, it's a smooth tune. I think most of the Vinnie Vincent albums are mostly abrasive. The songs, but this one's a little bit yeah. more more chill, more quiet, more laid back. And uh, Mark Slaughter does a great job with it. So yeah, and I know a lot of people. I've seen a lot of internet chatter about ecstasy people like this song so well yeah i was gonna go to spotify and, and market as something i should listen to but oh that's right Vinny removed his song <laughs> yeah that's right so, scumbag i forgot <laughs> i know doesn't that hurt I mean, be, you'll get that album we're like yeah i want to check out some Vinny vincent and you're like mm, i guess i'm going over to youtube because it ain't on I spotify <laughs> I'm not gonna dig out my CDs. <laughs> yeah, just because he doesn't like all systems gold, go. Don't punish the rest of us. Come on. I know, dude. Come on, man. All right, number twelve. Number twelve, Mr. Big, promise her the moon from nineteen ninety three. And uh, this was a tough choice. Just like Mark Free, this man was made for a ballad. <laughs> I kind of had two to choose from because I could really give a shit about To Be With You. I've, I've heard that song. Oof, that's an you overplayed know. one. Overplayed. <laughs> never, never really cared about it. Um, but I did really like the song Just Take My Heart off of Lean Into It. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. this one's off of Bump Ahead, I think. is Yeah, Bump Ahead, that album from 93. Um, but this song is just amazing across all avenues. It's just moody and it's got feel. Um, if this were like on a 91, like a lean into it, or even if they would have done something in 92, this probably would have been another number one. Like that's how strong of a song this is. Songwriting gem, really tons of emotion. Um, you, you know, you wouldn't want to listen to this if you were having trouble with your lady. It would just yeah, be like, sure. It'd be, it'd be a lonely night. Just don't do it, man. Don't do it. <laughs> so um, uh, I think uh, Ann and Nancy Wilson from Heart did a version of this, too, because it was just one of those songs that they, nice. you know, just it just showed. It's like just amazing songwriting and, and pure talent. So uh, it may have gone unnoticed to a lot of people just because of the year it came out and the album wasn't huge, like lean into it. But uh, I think it I think it trumps uh, to be with you big time. Nice. You know, to be with you, I don't, I don't know this song you're talking about because I'll, I'll have to go back and check it out. Never got into Mr. Big, but you know what I'll say? Like to be with you, you never would go after it. But like when you're walking around in a department store and it just like pops on, you, you know, it's got a good vibe. It's got a groove. <laughs> you know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. At, at this point, it's, it's like you know, it's just like a, 
or shook me all night long or, yeah. you know, live, like, you get love bad name or something like that. I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah, I always feel like that, too, just always creeps into, like, an easy listening department store type of a vibe. Yes, it just pops exactly. out every once in a while, and, you know, and, and you're like, oh, Mr. Big, cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, number 12. Babylon AD, desperate. And, oh, nice. Um, this this should have been a single. I, I believe they wanted it to be a single. I, I think I remember when I talked with Derek uh, Davis, he was like, "Man, we got to do the ballad. We got to do the ballad." And for some reason, they never did it. And they did uh, "Kid Goes Wild" for RoboCop. Yeah. But, uh, hey, but when RoboCop calls you, man, you gotta you gotta you gotta oh, hit you him. Got to. Got to hit him with some Thank heart. you for your cooperation. Good night. I mean, you can't you can't be doing ballads oh, yeah. for RoboCop, but um. Yeah, I think it's a great song. I love it because it has, like, that whole album has that real beefy choruses. And this song is the same way. You know, it's got a really beefy, lots of voices. And uh, he's just got a cool voice, and it, it's super catchy. And, uh, yeah, Desperate, great song. It is a great song and a great album. And uh, I remember seeing the a poster years ago of um, Babylon AD and RoboCop, and I was like, "What is this?" And then I remembered that there was a song on that on that soundtrack. I was like, "Okay, yep. that's right." But yeah, really cool album, good song, definitely. Number eleven, Bo Nasty, Paradise Woo! in the Sand from '89. It's not as good as Love Potion Number Nine, but it's good. <laughs> no, dude, I, this, is, this is cheese at its finest. It's, it's the it, it's the metal Kokomo. Um, <laughs> great album, <laughs> stand out when I first got this song years. Sorry, this album years ago, and uh, yeah, he's just got that that rasp that works really well um, throughout the whole album. And when he kicks it up a notch on the song, it really works. So. Just like so many of these singers, they can kind of soften it up and then kick it up a notch and they get that that rasp back. But uh, it's, it's just a really good building ballad, kind of picks up the momentum as it goes. And it's it's got interesting lyrics and it always kind of stood out to me. And yeah, the metal Kokomo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know I love Bo Nasty, so that's a great choice, man. Great choice. Nice. All right. Well, 11. I'm going with Alice Cooper. And, you know, one thing, one rule I set for myself is that, you know, let's keep it in the power ballad, the hair metal uh, era. Because if, if I open this up for some of the 70s Alice ballads, oh, my God, I think I was looking at it, and I think half my list would have been uh, Alice Cooper stuff. But um, <laughs> luckily I, I stuck to the, uh, the 80s and the 90s. And I, I always love this song, and it, it's Love's a Loaded Gun. And it comes off yeah. Hey Stupid from 1991. And for me, like I, I think I've told you before, trash for me, no, no, wasn't feeling it. Wasn't even really feeling the more metallic albums. You know, I always really gravitated once I heard his whole catalog to the '70s Cooper. 
And and Cooper is really a crooner. You know what I mean? There's a lot of these songs yeah. where you know somebody if they heard "You and Me" or "How Are You Gonna See Me Now" by Alice Cooper, they would have no idea it's the guy with the snake and, and with the makeup on his face. So you know he can he can do a, a soft one right with the best of them. So I thought "Love's a Loaded Gun" kind of came back to that um, vibe, like that crooner to vibe. But it's also got that real catchy Desmond Child thing going on. Like it sounds like Cher could maybe sing this song in her late '80s days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, it, it's just, it's a really great song. It's probably my favorite on uh, Hey Stupid. But, yeah, I love Love's a Loaded Gun. I don't think it charted, but um, it, it's, a, it's a fun one. It's a good one. And it's just Alice kind of harkening back a little bit to his 70s style. So I dig it. Nice. Good choice. Yeah, you don't think of him as a, a softy, a ballady guy, but yeah. he can he can do it. Oh, yeah. He's got <laughs> it, man. All right. Number 10. Number 10, probably a band that is making its debut mention on the podcast. It's D-Moles, D-apostrophe-M-O-L-L-S. Yeah. You know that band? I do. I can't stay, but I can't let go. I'm telling you, babe, I'm a high and low. I don't even know your name. Yeah, D-Moles, uh, the song is called High and Low, and it's from 88 and... It's such a funny one. It's so catchy, though. I've, I've always really gravitated towards this song. And it's like, Demol's was like 40s, 80s glam. You know what I mean? Like, they have that Art Deco kind of like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. that you know, really old look, and, and including the album cover. But, um, like, this album, I remember, like, Led Zeppelin doing this. You could kind of hear Robert Plant's voice in an echo prior to him singing it full voice. And they do the same thing on this song where there's this echo thing going on where the song starts with vocals out of time and then he kicks in. So it's kind of a cool feature, but um, he's got a great voice, really slow chugger. It's basically like acapella at first for the first bit and then it just, it builds very cool and it's got this awesome ripping guitar solo. And um, the rest of the album is is obviously pretty killer too. And um, yeah, I just, I've always really liked this band and this this song especially. So, um, kind of a, a weird name, but it it works. <laughs> I gotta go back and check that one out. I don't remember that song, so I w- I will do my homework on that one. Yeah. All right. This is probably gonna confuse a lot of people and infuri- infuriate a lot of people. But number ten, it's my only number one on the list, and this is where I'm gonna put poison. Every rose has its thorn. And I don't it. think it's because I dislike the song. I just think it's because I'm played out with this song. So it's not going to be one of my go-tos. But like we talked about when we started, you know, there's certain tracks that pretty much um, define the genre, you know, define the, the, the power ballad. And when you think yeah. about this, you know, the G and the C chords going back and forth, you know, how many people ripped this off after, after <laughs> this song was done? You know what I mean? And... The lyrics are, are, are actually pretty heartfelt. You know, you, for an album with a, with a lot of BS lyrics, this is probably the most serious song on the album. And you know, it, it's catchy as hell. It's 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 the turning point where where uh, metal guys became cowboys, right? <laughs> and uh, and yes. you know, and there's just that really great guitar solo by CC where the whole song's acoustic, but then he's got that. You know, it's smooth, but it's nasty solo that just that screams hair metal. So, you know, I know probably most people would put this at the top of their list, 
but I think because of the burnout of it, I don't have it there. But every rose is undeniable. I had to put it on there, and I'm just going to put it at ten because of the uh, just the overkill. But you know, I can't I can't deny it. it's just, it's a great song and a very important song for hair metal. Yeah, man, I got a few on here that are obvious, and I it, and this one isn't one of them. I I do like the song. It didn't make my list. Had there been a an honorable mention, it would have made that. But I totally hear what you're saying because when I initially got into Poison, obviously I was pretty damn obsessed with this song. So, but uh, you know, good on you to, to mention this number one. And and really, you know, it's one of those ones where when you were just kind of getting going, it's probably one you were able to sing because it's not very high. You know what I mean? So totally. this is where this is where I tried to hone my Brett Michaels impersonations as a young man. Is <laughs> right on this song. Yeah, and I remember actually seeing Poison for the first time in '99 on that package tour, and I remember CC doing the solo of this thing, and I'm going, "Whoa, that's a real '80s guitar player doing a solo!" And I was like, so impressed, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it just really stood out to me. Like, this is it. I'm seeing a true '80s band. This is great. <laughs> they are the epitome so. of an '80s band. They they rock. <laughs> All right, man. That's it. What, what do you got for number nine? All right, number nine, I got Every Mother's Nightmare in Love Can Make You Blind Ooh, from 1990. I remember this one. Yeah, so you can't go wrong with the the whoa, whoa, woes, you know. When, when people start throwing out the oh-ohs and the whoa-woes, you know, they, they, there's a good recipe as well. Um, but that's how this whole song starts. And it's kind of the, the outlier on this album because this is like, like hard shit. This whole album, it was almost like a, like a thrashy album. And I wasn't expecting this at all, seeing that the rest of the record is, is pretty hard. So I think the singer's name is Rick Rule. He has a, a, a pretty high uh, Sebastian-y type voice, um, but it works really well for a ballad when he kind of slows it down. It's still nice and high. Um, they had a minor hit with it here, and they definitely broke into the hairband league, whether they liked it or not, kind of like a, like a Saigon kick or extreme when they – we're kind of bummed that they fell into the category of, of hairband due to the fact that they had a big ballad. Um, I feel like that that happened to these guys because, like I said, if, if you're not familiar with the album, it's it's pretty hard. It, but it's good. It's like a it's like racer XE hard. So, um, really cool way to slow it down and very catchy. Like if they would have tailored the rest of their songs to be more catchy, poisony, Cinderella hairband, they probably would have had a little more success. But this this garnered them a, a decent amount still. Nice, you know, it was hard for these guys because they, they were real late to the party. So you know, yeah. by the time they did their follow up, the the whole scene was dead. So my number nine, and I know you're not huge into these guys. I'm not the biggest fan, but I I do enjoy their music. But this is a song that's just undeniable, and it's faster pussycat house of pain. Um, uh-huh. It's just, it's you know, you want to talk about a deep topic and, and getting some pretty raw lyrics, man. Tammy Down is really talking about you know his father leaving him, and it's it's pretty deep stuff. You know what I mean for for a genre that is pretty shallow. 
you know, this song really doesn't fit lyrically with where most of the ballads or, or the regular tracks were at, at that time. Yeah. So a lot of balls coming out with a song like that, putting yourself out there like that. So, yeah, I really dig that song, and that's one that's really stood the test of time, where some of the other Faster Pussycat stuff, I don't go back to it, especially on this album, but, man, this song is is great. I love it, and I love the, the message, and I, I really give him credit for, for you know being that raw with what he's talking about. So, yeah, just a great song. So, yeah, number nine. It's definitely, it's definitely my favorite song on the album. Yeah. Definitely. And, and yeah, you're right. I'm not, I'm not huge into these guys, but... This song always stood out. Cool video, yeah. really cool song. I actually really, really do like this song. And it went to number twenty-eight. So here, I'm going to start. I got to make sure I'm mentioning my all the way up here, except for a little block of them. They never charted, but I got a, I got a nice run of charts right here. So this is twenty-eight, charted at twenty-eight. Okay, cool. All right, man. Number eight. All right, this is where I got Winger, Miles Away Ooh. from nineteen ninety. But how do you choose? A winger ballad. Oh, like, it's they're I good. Mean, it was it was painful to do so. I, I it was like I had to like kick one of my children out of the bedroom. I was like, <laughs> come on. I was like, which one am I going to choose? So the, the names were in a hat, and I just really had to pick one of them. But no, I really did. I it was between this and without the night when it kind of boiled down to it. And I love both those songs, but um, anything with night or rain in the title is always cool. Anyway. But that, that's different. But um. I believe this was a Paul Taylor song he brought in when they came back. Yeah, in from In the Heart of the Young and and the guys all loved it a lot and it's just got that really cool mystical kind of song and it's got the usual kind of like hot, tortured, sweaty, large fans blowing romance gone wrong winger thing going on in the videos. <laughs> like they all seem to do, which is cool. But uh they, it's really great how the song just like kicks right in and you have that huge building giant chorus and great backups and cool drums cool guitar solo i just love this song and you know it it could have very well been my number one being winger and being so talented but um you know i put it here it's pretty damn strong list and like i said tough to choose a winger ballad well this song will be on my list i'm gonna just say that and, uh, okay. and I'll throw a couple thoughts when I when I throw it on there. But one thing that just came to mind when you were talking about it is that at some point in in, in my life cycle of having this CD, this song skipped, and it skipped right when they go ma 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 right. So then somehow, oh, yeah. I, I must have corrected the skip. So then when I listen to it, it doesn't skip anymore. But in my head, I still hear, my, 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 my. <laughs> so, dude, so. you're, you are not alone there. I, have, <laughs> I still have that, dude. Like, I can't remember which songs now, but I still have that where I'm like, uh, I, that's what I remember yeah. most from the CD skipping. That's crazy. I haven't heard that in so long. <laughs> that, uh, but it's, it, it's absolutely happened to me before. That's yeah. great. I also had one with Kiss, uh, Crazy Nights, and there was a, there's the last tracks called Thief in the Night. It used to be like a like I said, I don't think it does it anymore. But I still, I'll never not hear that happening. So exactly. So I just call it the remix. Yeah, it's like the Millie Vanilli. Remember when Millie Vanilli got busted when they were? Oh yeah. Now we're just waiting for this to happen to Crew. And kiss and whoever oh, else. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I know. All right. Oh, okay. So, I, yeah, I got to do my number eight. Uh, this is the first time and only time that Warrant will appear on my list. Uh, with Sometimes She Cries, number mm-hmm. 20 on the charts. And, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. I mean, 
Janie's a great songwriter. Heaven probably deserves to be on here, but I just think that one is like the ultimate played out. That might even be more played out than Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So very played out with that song. And I think overall, if you if you dissect the chorus of that one, it is kind of cheesy. Like Heaven isn't too far away, closer to it every uh-huh. day. Kind of, It's a little bit lazy writing, at least in the chorus part of it. But sometimes she cries, just feels a little bit more... Uh, deeper, sophisticated. Um, it, it's got that great guitar work from Mike Slammer. It, and they almost wonder with some of these ballads or any of these tracks, would they even be as good without those tasty leads? You know what I mean? Like, like for this song, yeah. it starts off with the damn lead. You know what I mean? So it's the lead is very important to this song. But um, Janie's voice is great, and it, the songs that he writes are great. You know, probably it was a big song. It went to number twenty, but it probably even should have been bigger than that. But you know, just uh, weren't our ballad masters. I'm sure you maybe you have some, or maybe when we do another episode, some more of them will creep out. But yeah, sometimes she cries, man. That's a jam. Yeah, and this is one of those songs that, like you said, the, the intro is the solo, and if you think about how he's jamming, he's basically altering the the, the verse vocals yeah. when he's playing sometimes she cries and he's playing it on guitar but he's kind of bending it but you know you hear what Janie's singing in the guitar solo intro and it's so cool when bands do that yeah. and there are several out there that you can you could pick up on you know Europe's famous for it as well but yep no warrant made this list which what in creating this list what? I was going dude <laughs> I know man like I was going okay which warrant song am I gonna put on and I'm like this is my boy. Like, this is Janie. Like, he's the ultimate songwriter. Like, and I just, I don't know, dude. I, I thought about I Saw Red and I thought about this. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I left it off. I don't know what's wrong with me. Too many other good ones. It's all good. It's all good. What do you got next? All right, number seven, I got House of Lords, Remember My Name from 1990. This is starting to be one of you one of your other staples now. See, like these guys are always creeping up on lists now, man. You're you're becoming a House of Lords (laughs) now. Yeah, uh, well, I've always been a House of Lords guy. (laughs) But you know, this is just like this is another chance to talk about Sahara. You know, this album, it's just like I said, it's like an 11 out of 10. Like I love their debut, but this album just blows it out of the water and. This is like, like, like classy hard rock, kind of like Valentine. Yep. We talked about the puffy shirts once upon a time. <laughs> you know, the, the ritzy videos and the, the backgrounds. And this is the, you know, the classic story of someone lonely in the night, you know, randomly meeting, et cetera, et cetera. But huge guitar riffs, mid-verse, as well as the chorus. Um, and it's another song that has a couple parts that are worthy of being a chorus in itself. And they finally get to the Remember My Name part of it, um, which is kind of winding down, to be honest. Uh, but I just love this entire album. And James Christian has one of those voices like Johnny Gioli or Janie Lane that I, yeah, I can never escape when they're just perfect, in my opinion. So, you know, anytime I can talk about House of Lords at this point, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> I understand, man. It, it's all good. It's like me with Mike Vissera. You know, it's just it's always, yeah. always going to come up. You know, Man of War. You know, it's it's all it's Kiss. It's all it's all it's it's my standards. All right, exactly. Number seven, and this is where I put Winger Miles Away. And mm. without you, you know, pretty much covered it. I won't say anything more. The only point I want to make. Uh, well, first, let's say this was this was a pretty high chart 
uh, charting song, number 12, oh. which is pretty crazy. Oh, so so that did pretty well. You you nailed it with the winger ballads. I also was looking at Without the Night and, and some of the other ones. So, yeah, there's yeah they got great ballads. But one thing, and I want to see, I want to ask you about this and see if you can relate to this. I, and I think, you know, as a kid, you know, it's one thing. You haven't lived a lot of life. But I think as you get older, you, you live a, a lot of life, man. And, and uh, you lose people in different ways. And sometimes, yeah. like, when you hear these lyrics, they kind of hit you in a different way. You know what I mean? Um, so when I hear this song, it, it definitely makes me feel a lot of different kinds of things as I'm older. You know what I mean? Um, right. And so, yeah, that's why, you know, not to get all serious or, you know, emotional. Hey, this is a, an emotional episode. But, you know, I do feel like some of these songs, <laughs> like, they, they hit you different when you're older. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean a, a relationship like, uh, you know, like that kind of stuff. It could be like losing a parent or something like that. You know what I mean? The, the, the words that they're saying sometimes hit you different based on your life experiences. So, you know, I'll just throw that mm-hmm. point out there. I don't know if everybody else uh, feels that way when they hear certain songs now, especially that, as you've lived more. You know what I mean? When you were a kid, you didn't really have a lot of life experience. But as you've lived, some of these songs take on different meanings. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. And that's how cool this whole genre is because when we listen to the songs we've heard for 30 years that we still listen to you pick up on on new little things mm-hmm. and and this is one of those great points where you start to actually listen to what they're saying and it may be applicable in your life at at the moment yep. and it wasn't when you were 16 and you heard the song for the first time yep. but in to to credit winger as well and, and the entire band and and kip um in doing a little bit more research and trying to figure out which winger song I was going to put. I actually, to um, tip the scale and get miles away on here, as opposed to without the night, I watched a live video of him, the band doing uh, miles away mm-hmm. and they just absolutely killed it. And I was like, okay, this is the one, this is perfect. Winger is just, a, they're just such amazing musicians. They did such a great job and, they uh, they definitely won me over with their live version of this. And, and you know what else is cool that, that you met, so you mentioned and you were right that Paul Taylor wrote this. Another cool thing is to think of like if nobody told you that you wouldn't even know. Just shows you how in tune these right. guys or how in tune he was with with Kip and Reb because they wrote they write the majority of the songs, but he wrote a song that you never would have known wasn't written by the other guys. So good call on him. I wish he would have had a chance to put more of his songs on the albums because his songs kick ass. <laughs> so totally, exactly. All right, number six. Number six, I got Von Groove. The song is called Love Keeps Bringing Me Home from 92. And another 92 classic here. (laughs) But this is just a a great Canadian band. Um, This song has a great intro, acoustic intro. The verse build up into a kind of a low pre-chorus and then this giant higher chorus. And it really kicks in post-solo and it's pretty amazing how he comes back into the chorus post solo it's it's probably the highlight of the song and you know a lot of these ballads kind of follow the same kind of recipe but this song has always really stood out to me and the album is is great just like a lot of these that the entire album's great and you know i, I can't believe it but the ballad 
there's a reason why it was released as a single and this is a perfect example of this this is just a standout amazing song i don't care that it's a ballad it, it rules and uh highly suggest von group if, if people don't know that band they had their debut in 92 so probably fell through the cracks yeah um but they consistently released albums throughout the 90s and 2000s and they're all pretty damn good totally missed von group like i heard of them and it seems like recently on Twitter somebody was posting about Von Groove, but you know, it was listening. Oh. I think I might have went back went on Spotify and just scanned it quick. But yeah, I totally missed Von Groove and I don't know if there's any going back to Von Groove in my life. I don't know. I'll try. I'll try Dude, <laughs> I give it a shot. It, they're kinda it, they kinda fall into that confused era of like they're not grungy, but they're a little bit like nineties hairband. Mm-hmm. Like so you know what I mean, like like the, the the touches on the video and the touches on their clothing and, and headbands and hairstyle is just a little nineties. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at least Harem Scarum was pretty freaking eighties looking still. Um, Von Groove, but they sound great. They're they're the great album. Definitely check it out. All right, number six. This is where I got Kiss forever, and I'll try to oh, okay. explain why I put this lower. People probably would think I would have put it higher. There's a lot of great things I want to say about it. Well, first, number number one, it went to eight on the charts. It's one of the highest charting Kiss songs ever. I think Beth and maybe I Was Made For Love and You Beat It, but this is still pretty good. And this, I was shocked because out of my list, the only thing that's higher is Every Rose Has Its Thorn. So Kiss, man, oh, yeah. swinging for the fences. Um the, it has some sentimental value. My wife and I always say this is our song. You know what I mean. So I think the message uh-huh. of this song is great, and, and I'm glad that we can you know have that as our song. Uh, I think as years go on, though, the only thing that holds me back is sometimes I feel like maybe this song's a little contrived. You know what I mean? Like it's it's Kiss saying, "Oh, we got to put one of these power ballads on our album," and uh, you know it's been written with Michael Bolton. And I and I just saw the I, and I did no research on this prior. So if this whatever I'm going to say is wrong, you know whatever I apologize. But I saw something that said like Paul Stanley was basically saying that Michael Bolton had a minimal role in this song. And then when the song became big, then Michael Bolton came out and it said that he had more of a role in writing it than he did. Um, I don't know oh, if that's wow. true or not. That sounds like something Paul Stanley would say to try to discredit Michael <laughs> Bolton. So that could be what it is. I don't know. Another cool thing, memory with this song, um, it, it reminds me of the Hot in the Shade tour. I saw that tour. That was the first time I ever saw Kiss. And when they played oh. this song, there was like all these green lasers flying around the, the place, and everybody had their cigarette lighters going. Every time we do this one, the place lights up just like a damn Christmas tree. That was still a thing back then. So just a cool memory there. And, you know, Paul's voice is great. The drum, Eric Carr's drums are great. And the uh, guitar solo is acoustic. So that was one thing that you never really got much. Uh, most of the times, oh, nine yeah. times out of ten, the band would do the solo on, on an electric, but this is all done on acoustic, and, and it just gives it a little bit of a cool, different kind of a vibe. But yeah, man, Kiss Forever. It's a great one, and it's a, it's a big hit for the boys. I wonder if they tried it on electric first, and then they, like the story behind it, and they were like, you know, let's, let's mess around with an acoustic solo and yeah. see how it went. I wonder if yeah, because sometimes people have like the electric version on another disc. You know what I mean? Yep. I wonder if there's ever going to be one of those. 
All right. Number five. Number five, a band I've been dying to feature called Blue Tears. song is called Halfway to Heaven from 1990 and this is the perfect pop metal album. This ballad is the most breathy synth masterpiece I have on the list probably. The chorus is just insane. The album has such charisma. If you haven't heard it uh, or heard of them um, it's Bon Jovi mixed with uh, Shout, the Ken Tamplin Shout and uh that band BB Steel that I mentioned, that's like a Def Leppard clone, mm. as well as Big Bad Wolf, that um, Craig Chikiko from Starship's uh, hair band. Um, but it's just times 10 amazing album in this. It's so sappy. This ballad is so freaking sappy, but it's great. Um, <laughs> I fall for it every time. But check it out, Blue Tears. I don't think they're on Spotify. They have this album... And I don't think they have any other featured studio albums, but they have a bunch of like demo albums out there. Um, definitely check them out. You know, um, yeah, I think you. I remember you mentioned these guys on past episodes, so yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Um, all right, no, I think I've got all some of my big my big boys my, from my faves here to ride it out for the yeah, last five. Coming too. <laughs> uh, number five is going to be Striper, and you know they've got a lot of balance and. Most people are probably thinking of a few that are the big ones, like Honestly and I Believe in You, but this ain't it. I'm going with uh, First Love off of uh, Soldiers Under Command. I you know, yeah. I remember mentioning this one to Michael Sweet when I talked to him, and, and I don't know if he really elaborated much on what I asked, but but I, I, at least it, maybe it was just a comment that I made, but I thought it was pretty mature songwriting for these guys at 1985. I mean, geez, they probably were in their early 20s still at this point. Oh, so yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a well-written song. It, it's got a lot of emotion, and obviously their lyrics are religious, you know what I mean? And and the cool thing, if you listen to the story, it, it, at least the way I interpret it, is that like uh, a woman put her faith in a man, right? And that man... Basically, she did everything she was supposed to do, but still the relationship didn't work out. The guy treated her like crap or whatever. But there's one person that's going to always be on her side and, and not going to treat her badly, and that's God. You know what I mean? So it was a pretty cool concept, yeah. you know, because when you think about it, you think they might be singing a love song about, like, the first time you fell in love, but your first love is, is really Jesus Christ. So that's what, what they're saying. So it's a, it's pretty cool. Like, it's, you know, it's well-written. It's catchy. It's deep. So, like I said, but these young guys writing something like this, I mean, I give them a lot of props. That's so, yeah, you go back yeah. and, and check out that too, man. That That's a good one. I, to me, um, just the depth of it and the creativity, I think, just smokes, honestly, in my opinion. So, yeah. I don't think that's this started. Cool. I think it was released, but... You know, at that point, they they at eighty five they hadn't broken through yet. So, yeah, it's it's cool when when you choose something that's not the go to ballad or not the go to hit, and we're like, no, we're gonna dig a little deeper and go with something else that we 
find more attractive for some reason, and this seems to be one of those songs. So that's cool. You have good reasons for it, too. All right. Number four. Danger, danger, afraid of love. Um, <laughs> danger, danger. I, I got, I got a two for one. You know, this is from Cockroach, so you got two versions of it. And they're both really cool. Um, I, I will say, and I've said this before, I prefer the Paul Lane Cockroach. I would never say that about a self-titled or uh, screw it, because Ted Poley rips the shit out of those albums. But I do like Paul Lane. Did I say Paul Taylor? No, you said Paul Lane. Okay, cool. <laughs> He's on my <laughs> mind. Paul, Paul, Paul Stanley, Paul Lane. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Out of Paul's. Paul Lane on, on the Cockroach albums album, I think he really makes it. Um, and this song's really strong. It's, yeah, I, I left all my, like, mid, could be mid-tempos off for potentially the round two yeah. of this uh, Oh, yeah. this, <laughs> this There's going to be a round two. But this could be there, kinda. But it's 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 got love in the title, so it makes it sappy. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just great, great, great pre-chorus and huge chorus, and yeah, you notice the theme yet? You know, great chorus, great pre-chorus, the whole thing. But yeah, it's the they they follow that recipe, man, and it kind of works so well on this song. This has been one of the standouts on this album my my entire time. I've, I've liked it, so yeah, great thing. You know what the crazy thing is about Danger Danger is they are a band that tends to go. Kind of softer, you know, that's super heavy. They never yeah. released a ballad, or never, at least, never had a hit with a ballad on the first album, which just shocks me. I know, agreed. Yeah, I was stoked that they they did the two they did because it it showed that they were more into that side of the like, kind of the harder pop metal stuff. Yeah. But they probably would have had some major success with the ballad at that point. But eh, oh, right. yeah, okay, number four, a band I talk about all the time. They got so many cool ballads. I, I was wrestling with which one that I was going to pick. But... I'm going TNT, and I'm going End of the Line, and uh, off of Intuition, 1989. Mm-hmm. And this is just so good. You know, I mean, you know, it's a piano ballad that, that has the power when it comes to the chorus. Uh, huge ass voices. I think this album they're really channeling Queen a lot and, and really trying to make that big uh, chorus. But um, I don't know. It's just that whole album. I've said it a million times. It's just got a weird kind of strange, interesting, cool vibe that none of their albums sound like. And I think Joe Lynn Turner's helping out on the backups on this album. So yeah, oh, cool. I, it's just uh, I, I you know it's very dramatic. <laughs> Let me just say that it's very over the top. It's very dramatic, but it's very good, and uh, it's TNT, end of the line. They were like Bon Jovi huge in their native land That's when true. this thing came out, right? Yeah, this probably was number one in uh, in Norway, but, you know. Number it probably was, States. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it was ever, I, I want to, I think they only did two videos in America off this album. It was Tonight I'm Fallen and Intuition, so I think end of the line never had a shot but there is a cool video if you if you look it up online they play end of the line on some uh like swedish or nor norway uh norwegian is that I don't, i'm sorry i don't know the proper terminology but they're on some kind of um 
uh, music award show and they play this like they lip sync to it or whatever and it, it it's just a cool it just looks cool it's really oh, cool so yeah awesome. check that out if that's you're, cool if you're a tnt weirdo like me so i fit the category that's, that's totally me yeah, <laughs> all yeah, right. it ain't weird man we're cool oh that's all good <laughs> all right number three all right well i'm going with the humongoid here huge one motley home sweet home Nineteen eighty five, the original. The original ballad. The original. So, coolest video. Savior of Theater of Pain. The crew was at its peak in the eighties here. Just just that like, you know what I mean? Not not the peak like everybody like like we think, like the best album or whatever, even though it was killer. Like they were just peaking popularity wise and becoming one with eighties hard rock and it's just got a little bit of everything and I'm not a huge piano in the in metal guy but mm -hmm. this just works so great and the huge drums and the huge solo and it really shows off Vince's voice and at the end of each each at, at the end of the video uh each member is seen leaving the stage and Vince is under the spotlight and it's it's like the slow-mo turnaround and he turns and he smiles and I swear I think that's his peak happiness in life <laughs> you remember that part like he kind of just got his shoulders kind of sink and he kind of turns and he smiles and it's just he just looks so freaking happy and it's just it's the ballad that started it all i think for the, the whole 80s scene so just what a great video and a great song and i, I never turn it off no i'm, I'm with you it, i'm gonna just reveal it's coming <laughs> so i'm just gonna uh, it's coming Ooh, it's coming on my list I like too, it. so but but it's not yet so number three you know, I feel like this band, another one, always comes up, but this song is undeniable. Nobody knows when there's clouds in the sky. When there are tears in your And it's Lillian Axe. Nobody knows off the debut album. You know, it's it's been said many times that this is a, a filthy shame that this song was never released. But, uh, you know, it never gets old. I think Ron Taylor's voice always suits a ballad really well because he just has a, an amazing voice that can do a lot of cool things. And yeah. I think the lyrics are kind of like just, they're simple, but they, they say it all. Nobody knows when you're down and out. You know what I mean? And um, yeah. it's it's definitely one of those, like, you're kind of bummed out songs. You know what I mean? But it but it works. And, and they channel that. And, uh, yeah, it should have been a single. It's a great song. One of the coolest hair metal ballads from the the genre, but it's uh, just like the title. Nobody knows it really, so it, nobody knows. Nobody knows. So. <laughs> That's funny. All right. hey, I know it, and I love it. All right, man. Number two. Got a big guy here, Def Leppard. Love fights, nineteen eighty seven. Oh yeah, you yeah. gotta have Leppard, man. They're your band. They're they're ballad masters. You gotta have them. I know. This was the number one. So this is the only one I did right there, the chart number down, because it was number one. Number one. But, I mean, you got you got Joe Elliott, you got the Moody ballad, you got the Moody vocals, you know. This is the one song I think they're quoted to say it's, it's the band's parents' favorite song. It made them all cry, you know. It's just mm -hmm. a great song. Um, and this is the one time they, they publicly told Mutt Lang that he was an idiot for doing what he wanted them to do on this vocals. And it's the, the uh, I don't want to touch you too much, baby, that part. Mm -hmm. And in between there, there's a nice big space. And then 
making love to you, that part. Yeah. Well, in between there, he wanted, Mutt Lang wanted them to, to like, put all kinds of words in between that space. Oh, that would have been and they all looked they all looked at him and said, No way, man, that's a terrible idea. Like this is this is the the Paul Stanley recipe of arena rock. You leave space yep. so the crowd can sing with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And and uh, so that was the, the funny part of this song because I believe it was a Mutt song when he brought it to the band when they finally got him back. And um, they turned him down on that aspect of it, but thank God they they didn't turn down on the rest. Um, but, you know, yeah, like Elliot's just soaring vocal performance on this song. And it's really cool to watch it um, live and acoustic now because they have such strong background vocals too with, with Phil and yep. and everyone. But, um, yeah, they spent way too long on this album. And there's tons of parts that we won't bore, bore the people with because I'm sure they know the story. But yeah. timing-wise, this was just a, a perfect album, a perfect time that uh, came out in late 87. And um, it was just, it was it was cool that they, they listened to Mutt and they listened to when he came back in and, basically re-recorded everything they'd started doing in like 84 and made this 87 masterpiece and that's why um it almost made my number one but my number one's just too killer to pass up (laughs) well yeah (laughs) Uh, you can't deny the hysteria album when it comes to the the power ballads for of course no no denying of course all right, number two is where I put crew, Home Sweet Home. And, you know, All right. you know, it, it's a lot of thoughts coming to mind, you know, when you were talking about it. And, and you really did nail it that it was the song that really kind of broke these kind of songs. I tried to think of if I could think of any song that was like this before this. And I want to say Alone Again by Dokken. Maybe, um, you know, historically or, or the year it came out, maybe the first power ballad for the hair bands. Right. I don't know. I mean, that, that could be disputed, but I know that was out the year before this album. But anyways, this right. they, they, they didn't know what they were doing. Motley Crue know what they were doing. This had all the recipes, you know what I mean? The piano, the the catchiness, the great guitar, the video, you know, like, like you said, the live video with the tour clips and everything. And then, you know, and they had their glam, the most glamiest look at this point. And I don't think that, you know... I, I mean, this was it. You know, I mean, this this really catapulted the genre. You know, this was just it changed it all. You know what I mean? Motley Crue. I was watching something with them talking about it. They said this was it, man. We we invented the power ballad, and we're the ones that took it to market, and they really did. Uh, you know, just a lot of good memories. This I, first album I ever bought was um, was Theater of Pain by the Crew. Well, wait a minute. Let me let me rephrase that. The first Crew album I ever bought was Theater of Pain. I don't know if that was the first album I ever bought in my life, but that's right. the first Crew album I ever had. And that song just, you know, hit home, no no pun intended, right away. I enjoyed it. I remember doing it, doing it in an air band as a kid, you know what I mean? And uh, just those were just good times. It's great music, great stuff. And uh, But Molly Crew's got a lot of cool ballads. You know, they're, I mean, they're, there's none that can compete with this in my book, but when I was going through the list that we made, Molly Crew was coming up a couple of different times. But uh, Home Sweet Home is totally. it's peak. It's peak crew. Peak power ballad, the the thing that broke it all open. It's great. Yeah, I mean, we can sit there and air guitar solos and and you know you know every little idiosyncrasy of these songs. But I gotta say, this is the one song that I've also memorized the video. I've seen it so damn many times. <laughs> like, I, I can pretty much play it in my head right now, and um, it's perfect. Everything about this, everything about this song and this video is perfect. And I'm I'm glad they still obviously play it live and. Mm-hmm. The crowd really responds to it. Oh yeah, 
Oh, this is it. I can't wait, man. Number one. All right. Here's where I got Steelheart. Angel Eyes Ooh. from 1990. <laughs> <laughs> 1990. 90. So, the, the, yeah. This is the end-all, be-all of male vocal range for me. And uh, it's just the epitome of the killer music video. I, I kind of touched upon it a while back. We are talking about the desert rock videos yeah. with Wild Child and Rock the Night and this. It's no, just Rock cool. the Night is not in a desert. Cherokee. It's a mountain. Uh, mountain. No, Cherokee. Cherokee. <laughs> Cherokee. That's what I meant. Sorry, rock the Cherokee. Night. They're singing. They're in a restaurant. And they're singing I Ketchup Bottles. God, how can I be so mistaken with my Europe trivia? What an idiot. How can I mistake a ketchup bottle for a killer backdrop? And anyway. the funny thing was, is I edited I edited that out of the last video when you said that, because I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> but now, now I'm going to correct you right out, right, out of the, right out of the spot. Yeah, leave leave it in. Show my... God damn it. Anyway, this is... <laughs> I've made two mistakes in my life, and this is the same thing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so... I got this uh, Monsters of Rock compilation back in like mid-90s, and it had like Vixen and Firehouse and and Trickster, and it had this song, and I was hooked, dude. I was like, holy shit, like, what is this alien singing, this, this high note that I've never heard a, a male vocalist hit in my life? This is crazy. So then I went on this major Steelheart bender for a lot of years, and but this song never gets old. It, it's... It's got the acoustic thing, the electric guitar thing, the huge drums, the insane, you know, will he ever stop climbing the scale ladder thing going on. And, mm-hmm. and I could watch the video as much as Home Sweet Home. And I can I can, wa- I can hear the the back bend. You remember, remember the end of the video when he hits the, the highest note of all time? And, and he's basically like at, a, at like a 90 degree angle and he's doing this back bend. It's just like, dude, that is so killer. And I just never get sick of it. It was when we talked about it. It just it jumped out of me. I've always preached this as my favorite ballad of all time, and totally, totally wanted to keep it that way because uh, I don't think there's any rivals in my opinion. <laughs> no, I, I remember when this album and this song got huge, and it was definitely kind of like a surprise hit because you know, as a as a hair band, they were good, but they didn't you know they didn't stand out really beyond anybody else but when that song came out that was the thing but with that vocal performance and everything that went on with it it really kind of rose above the pack and something comes to mind and if this is wrong i'm gonna i'll just edit it out but i almost feel like they changed the title of the song or put part of it in a parentheses at some point and i don't remember to to like maybe be more of what he's saying in the song i I don't know i'm gonna look that up after but that's just a thought that came to my mind because i remember like, what was it originally called? Was it originally called just I'll Never Let You Go? Or was it called Angel Eyes and then they put something in parentheses or something? I just remember there being a change, like, when, like on yeah, the video, well, on the screen. So when, when I totally effed up the 91 number one and I put Steelheart because I was so excited, even though I always knew it was 90, yeah. I was like, okay, maybe it was 91. They re-released it with that um, altered album cover, because they first had like a kind of industrial scene with yeah. the, the Steelheart logo, yeah, and then they re they re released it in '91 when this song took off. Okay, and and I believe you're accurate in the 
Angel Eyes, I'll Never Let You Go. I can't remember what's in parentheses, maybe the first part. Okay. Um, on the re-released 91 alternate um, album cover ah. release. So I believe that's what when that occurred. Oh, see, that's weird. Well, I'm just, like I said, tonight I'm just getting all these crazy thoughts in my head, and, and like, that's one of them. Like, I remember there being something different. So yes. I, so I guess I'm right. Wow. That's, yep. that's yeah. it happens once in a while. <laughs> Dude, you're still hard trivia is on point. <laughs> Okay, and I definitely had the industrial one. I had the original one, the industrial scene with the the logo on the front. I, I had that one. You don't, you don't have multiple like I do. <laughs> I do. There's so many people like on Twitter or something like I got three of those. I'm like, no, I got one that's all trashed and skips, so I can't listen to it anymore. So I got to listen on Spotify. <laughs> oh God, I'm so guilty of that. I'm that guy. No, the Japanese version. I got the alternate oh. logo version. I, you know, the singles. I don't know what's wrong with me. That's all good, man. <laughs> I don't blame you. All right, number one. Oh, I never mentioned that. Let's just throw this in there. It doesn't matter that it's here now. But let's go back to Home Sweet Home for one second because this is yeah. this is probably the most well-played move ever that we did not mention. So when this thing was released in 85, it went to 39. Now okay. these characters release it again, right, in 91. Oh, and yeah. it goes to 37. So this thing went top 40 oh. twice. So let's That's just, pretty cool. I never knew that. Yeah. I like that video. Isn't that wild? That's pretty cool. I like that. That's the Home Sweet Home 91, all black and white. That's a cool video. I actually totally forgot about that video. I, You know what I like about it? Um, I actually like the mix and everything better because there's this one part where they put a harmony on Vince's voice that's not in the original, and it just sounds so cool. I, and once you hear the harmony... Like you have, like you always want to hear that. So that, that I definitely thought that was super cool. But all right, we're way off yeah. topic. All right, so okay, well, exactly. Hey, dude, trust me. I'm like the original "Living Without You" with Stevie James and Tiger Tales, oh, and yeah. then yep, the one it. with yeah, like the one with Kim Hooker. They have that additional part of the chorus, and it's so minimal that it totally wins me over. And I'm like, oh, Kim Hooker version all day, and it's yep. just like one little additional part of the chorus and that's what I go to. So yeah, I totally I totally get what you're saying. Okay. So we've got my number one. It went to number thirteen on the charts. They return on my list. They're the only band that's on my list twice. Poison, I won't forget you. And this is you know, Poison are just I think they're the I think they're the ballad masters, man. You know what I mean? They really <laughs> got some good ones. And they're big hits. You know what I mean? They're, I mean going thirteen on your debut album is no small feat. But um mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just it's just a great song. It's got that, that kind of sad vibe. But they you know, a lot of them kinda of have that, you know. And uh also one of those ones where, you know, as you get older and, and like I said, you lose people in life and the song takes on different meanings, you know what I mean. So I can listen to it in different uh, ear with different ears, but um, it's just it's just a great song, you know. Brett Michaels really knew how to write a song back in the day, and I'm not trying to take a swing at him, but I haven't heard any songs like these from him in a long, long time. So he he was a, yeah. a great songwriter, and this one also has a really cool solo by Cece. You know what I mean, and uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's just it just fits perfectly, and it's kind of melancholy, but it has that '80s hair metal vibe. But yeah, th th it's a great song. Poison do a great job with the ballads, and uh, yeah, it was a great list, man. 
damn, I didn't expect that. I expected another winger out of you, mm-hmm. and not not this one. Like, I I truly fell in love with my Brett Michaels obsession when I saw how killer he was in the Nothing But a Good Time video. But then when I saw him at the Texas Jam live portion of the I Won't Forget You video, and he's yeah. got those like blue bright blue pants on and he basically like hump in the air and i was like that guy is a rock star like that guy's the skinny blonde killer rock star and that's the standout part of this video for me and when you talked about cc having a killer solo i love that in 2022 and three cc has risen to the guitar hero status finally because he was always shit upon as being like a crappy guitar player which is very false false and he's proving anybody everybody wrong right now with how he's playing live at on the stadium tour yeah and i love that and it it goes to show on this song what a what a talented guitar player he really is you know you mentioned the videos too this one definitely took a couple tips from the home sweet home video it's you know it's the live video with the behind the scenes clips a couple cool things happened like paul stanley's up on stage with them for like a brief second uh, they That's shove, right, yeah. Yeah, and then they're, like, doing weird shit at a hotel. Like, they shove, like, somebody out of a luggage rack thing. You know what I mean? Into the pool yeah. or something like that. So, yeah, it's um, a luggage car, I think it is. They, they, I think it's Bobby Doll or something. But, yeah, just cool, you know, them being goofy on tour, you know, all sad, talking on the phone to the girlfriends. You know, it's just it's uh, spraying people at the Texas Jam with water. It, you know, it's just a cool video. It just it, it encapsulates the 80s and, and this whole scene. But, yeah great stuff dude awesome how how crazy is it that we only had i think two songs that matched you know what i mean right. like we had miles away and home sweet home like just goes to show it. how many ballads there are out there that are that speak to people and i bet you anything the next list will maybe have you know two or three more yep but i'm just dude it's it's crazy there's so many out there it's it and like the ones you mentioned i was like oh Damn, that's right. TNT had the killer ones. Um, Lillian had killer ones. Yeah. All the shit. And I'm, gosh, dude, I, I tried my best not to forget, and and here I am. <laughs> and I got. I'm gonna not do any of my own honorable mentions because um, I've want to save them because I think we got a whole other one in the tank here. But my wife texted yeah. me. She's like, you have to give an honorable mention to Skid Rose. I remember you. So I've done it. Uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but my wife likes it, so I'm going to mention it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be right. I'll jump on board with you because it, it's on my honorable mentions, and it was not going to make my next list. But I don't, I don't know why. Probably, it's probably just that weird bias I have towards Sebastian at, at yeah. this point. Because at, at that point, if it was 90 or one, whatever, I'd be like, oh, number one, I remember you. It's, it's fucking killer, you know? But yeah. now he's just such a what he is. I'm just kind of like, meh, screw Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's a character, that's for sure. Yeah. I haven't seen him uh, in the headlines lately, so he must be uh, kind of staying quiet a little bit. Because uh-huh. there was that little moment where he was. You know, picking fights with everybody, but it seems to have calmed down a bit. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, buddy, this was a good one. Looking forward to doing the next one. Totally. Well, thank you. It was awesome. Have a good night, bud. All right, take care. Yep, bye. I hope you enjoyed this one. Make sure you remember every bad boy has a soft side.